Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 87. We've got a special guest this week. Luke in the garage is here with us. What's up, party people? Welcome, oh, I thought Luke. your name was Lucan. Lucan Garage. Hey, I'm a, a Street Fighter I, I character. I can't count oh. the number of people <laughs> who I've later met off of Instagram and thought their name was something else because of some weird yeah. concatenation of their name that I just read, either like, read wrong or, or put wrong letters together because it was just all run together. I'm, I'm like very from Techhead Fireman. Very sorry. I, I did not realize I was saying that wrong. Uh, Lucan, welcome <laughs> to the show. Yeah, welcome. Uh, Lucan, welcome. I think that's. That, thank uh, you, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And uh, tell everybody, well, it's uh, early. What is your dominant skill set? Uh, digital design. That's what I'm going with. All right, Woo-hoo. all right. Tr- and uh, trolling people is not a not a dominant skill set. Well, it could be a secondary. You know, we don't judge here. Well, we, we do days. we do judge, but just not yet. <clears throat> um, what skill class is digital design? Uh, it, it's, um, it's, it's somewhere between applesauce and, um, road rage. Ooh. Oh, we haven't had that one before. That sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. That, yeah. that almost sounds like a California based skill class, but um, I was, I was going to give it a seven, but I think, I think you're a little more accurate than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty oh, you know. much in line for it being either zero or one, but I'm, maybe I have the skill topic wrong. <laughs> a little off. Yeah, just I mean, off. that's why I'm here today. Is to, you know, it's the digital design. I know all about it. Oh, to clear this, clear this up for us. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. Good. Well, uh, let's start with our research. Uh, Luke, did you do any research on digital design to share with us? No, no, I did not. <laughs> Wait, was, was, I, was that what I was supposed to be doing research on? You guys said yeah. did you do research? I didn't know it was specifically like on on. On my topic, I could whip up some research real quick. You know, you, oh, that's Tom, what I do. Tom usually it does up. it. You know, I if you want to whip it up while Tom and I are going, that's fine. That's uh... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm just gonna Google what is fun digital f- design. <laughs> fun facts and superstitions. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, we're gonna come back to you, Luke. Uh, since... Well, I can go next. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Tanda. Tanda. Did you oh, should I hard pass on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to give you an out, man. Yeah, so I, I have some, I have kind of a fun fact or some history, um, uh, and and if, and I'm just reading this off of basically a Wikipedia page, but um, I found it interesting. Well, don't tell them the uh, uh, as far as you know, but in fact, I I did a thesis on this and took years of study, or or it's a Wikipedia page. I'll read it and then you can determine. <laughs> but that uh, you wrote after years. Yeah, this is. Uh, the early graphics tablets, because I thought it would be interesting to kind of uh, look at a modern day digital design tool and kind of its origins. But the early graphics tablets, which were mostly known as spark or acoustic tablets, used a stylus that generated clicks with a spark plug. The clicks were then triangulated by a series of microphones to locate the pen in space. The system was fairly complex and expensive and the sensors were susceptible to interference from external noise, as they would be. Uh, The first electronic handwriting tablet was the telautograph. 
patented by Alicia Gray in 1888. Alicia Gray is best known as a contemporaneous inventor of the telephone to Alexander Graham Bell. The first graphics tablets resembling contemporary tablets and used for handwriting recognition by a computer was the Stylator in 1957, Ooh. better known and oft misstated as the first digitizer tablet is the RAND tablet, also known as the Graphicon for graphic converter. Introduced yeah, in 1964, the RAND tablet employed a grid of wires under the surface of the pad that encoded horizontal and vertical coordinates in a small magnetic signal. The stylus would receive the magnetic signal, which could then be decoded back as coordinate information. So, I bet the person who wrote that's a lot of fun. That's probably, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, I used mouse pads that worked like that back in the day. Back in 1888? Um, the early sun, some of the early sun computers and stuff uh, had like little embedded wires and in the in the mouse pads but yeah. uh, uh so well, uh, that was interesting it was the modern you know it was what ipads started out as that's cool well i i googled it and and, and i got the generic short version of the answer is, is designing in a digital format instead of designing on paper mm. never would have figured that out i neither did i i had to google it that's some excellent research <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I gotta say, Luke, that is Tom, Tom level research. Tom, he's one up you. Yeah, that's uh, that's better than what I got. Yeah, I mean, I had an anecdote, but it's kind of stupid. And I didn't want to share it, so I just hard passed to you know. Worse than mine. And now you're all wondering. Not really. PJ, what have you got? <laughs> okay, so um, of course I looked up superstitions, didn't really find anything. So I did a, I did a dive on digital design. And I came up with this thing that says digital abstract design. Ooh. And this this is this has gotta be the weirdest answer I've gotten for the search parameters I have put in. This is what it says. Devices for remote communication and sending digital gestures have been widely explored in the field of ubiquitous computing. The lack of social contact during COVID-19 pandemic and renewed interest in these devices in mind, we suggest the affordances of a cultural informed design approach. We present the sneeze love. Wait, did you say sneeze loaf? Sneeze love. Like oh. you love you, you I, love your I heard wife. Sne I heard sneeze glove. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> sneeze love. My son needs a sneeze glove. Tom needs a sneeze loaf. Sneeze Love is a device that uses sneezes to communicate that someone is missing you. Users tickle the device's nose to send an electromechanical sneeze to another device. The concept plays on a superstition in Chinese culture that attributes an additional layer of meaning to sneezes, and we found similar beliefs in other cultures that signify someone out there is thinking of you. Hiccups in India, burning ears in Ireland. The device and its design approach suggests a low-resolution message can be enlivened and made more personal and meaningful by tapping an expressive and specific cultural superstition. 
So that was the. Is that like a real thing? Can I buy one of those? The, the, yes, the first embodiment of it just hangs your phone in front of your face and rests it on your nose, and then somebody sends you a text. You put your phone on vibrate. Yeah. What is this called? Sneeze love. Because, like, I, I mean, I'm not a content expert, but I would love to see you and Tom test that out. Sneeze love. The two of them can test it out. I'm not testing anything that involves I mean, that's fine. Yeah, any would two of you guys. Dealer's choice. Okay. This sounds like a bad Kickstarter. So there's <laughs> there's your digital design superstition. That's that's what came up with. Those nose messages. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. It's time dealer's for the dealer's corner. corner. That means shut up. <laughs> message received yeah i was mostly talking to tom oh anyway yeah. a little bit to you though well he was joining in pj you get any good deals this week i got free stuff i got free stuff this yeah, week from where? at tony's slip and slide uh which was super that awesome sounds like a really weird surplus store well, you know, you were there, Tom. Um, I think I managed to go the entire weekend uh, without getting, like, COVID from anybody. But I did hug Tom, and I got frog pods, and I can't get rid of them now. They're just they're stuck to me. <laughs> I feel like I, I should go to the doctor, but I don't think they're going to know what to do. Maybe I need to go to a vet. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that was we, – we talk more about Tony's later. Are you but, saying um, you have a magnetic personality? not going to comment yeah, on that. Yeah, it repels people. Oh my god. It's just getting worse and worse. So I I went at Tony Slip and Slide, there is a tool trade table. Uh and you bring whatever you want to get rid of. People can take it for free and you can pick up whatever you want. And I make it a a personal um uh I try not to take things that are for sale. I just take things that are for me. You know, because otherwise I just take the entire table because I sell stuff. So all this stuff is just for me. Um, I'm pretty sure there was pieces of walnut wood there. I'm pretty sure uh, Daniel Harju is the one that brought them. I picked that up. Um, Seth Williams brought a... I'm pretty sure this came from Seth. My memory's fuzzy. Uh, there was an intro or a full history on blacksmithing, like a whole book on blacksmith, like a dictionary. Uh, he also bought brought uh, two little blue like um, parts bins that were junk under blue. I took those. Uh, there was an old wooden like a uh, box jointed sterret, some sort of sterret toolbox. I took those, and um, I think that was everything that came from Seth. And then uh, James, uh, the Universal Woodworker, was there, and. He had uh, he had purchased a whole bin of stuff. He told me for five bucks, and he's like, "I brought it in case you wanted something." And I got three. No, I'm sorry, I got four. Uh, like I think they're like uh, eight inch F clamps, and then one was like a ten inch, uh, all rusted up and everything. But I could you know get get all the rust off of there. And then he also had a giant. I don't know what size, but a massive uh, chuck key for a drill press chuck. Um, it was like an industrial size one. And then somebody there had a box of, uh, I think they were like pen blanks for turning pens. 
And in there, there was one that was solid blue resin. And I, I took that, not because I have a lathe, but because it was blue and I just can't help myself. Uh, and then uh, Tom, me, and Seth all went over to James's afterwards and looked at all his, his big toys. He's got all the Universal Woodworkers. And I saw what I thought was a piece That's of plexiglass. That's also. Yes. I saw... Universal Woodworker. Anything else, Tom? You want to go ahead. Yeah, James from Universal Woodworker on Instagram. That's his name. They wouldn't have figured that out. You were kind of glossing over it, and I just wanted to give the man credit. You want me to tell you about what we saw at his place? Uh, do you want me to finish what I actually got, or do you want to jump in and keep interrupting me? Oh, you don't want the answer to that. Go ahead. But since since so, it's kind of an interruption, so Tom, sidebar. Oh, Jesus. Luke? Hard mm -hmm. pass. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> I guess it's just you and I in the sidebar, Tom. Did, did, did I, we haven't had a hard, hard pass, pass on the sidebar. Did pass your sidebar invitation? <laughs> but uh, I just, uh, I, I was just going to ask, do you, do you think it would create some kind of, like, dilemma if I were to ever go to Tony's Slip and Slide and I just took some, like, cow pies, but I painted them Junk Hunter blue? Yeah, he would take them. Do, do, do you think PJ would take them? Do you think he'd be, like, you know, like his head would explode trying to make the decision or... I mean, if you think yeah, he'll no, take them, no, I'm he would. No, he wouldn't have a hard time with that. Yeah, okay. He would just take them okay. and figure out what to him, do with them. I'm He'd gonna... compost them in his garden. Okay, I'll put them in my luggage right now so I don't forget for next year. Perfect. What's okay. the Perfect. What's the oh, weirdest yeah. uh, junk hunter blue thing you've got, PJ? I think uh, I think PJ's waking up. Let's, he's oh, he's still back. in the sidebar. Yeah. This is fun. You can, oh. you can trash talk him if you want. Oh, yeah. On sidebar? I don't know how this works. No, we're we're. Yeah, just Am the I three of us to, are oh, the sidebar. P, I'm supposed to be talking yeah, about? Yeah, PJ can't hear. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We don't really want him to finish his story. That's kind of what this is about right now. This is fun. We're okay with him finishing his story. It's a very powerful tool. Oh, we tool. are taking time off the and, timer, though. So, mm. Oh, yeah, there he is. He's, yeah, he's, he's only got he's five minutes. collected left. his notes. I think he's ready for the rest. So I picked up, I saw as we were leaving James's place, there was what looked like a piece of plexiglass. And since I just bought a laser... I was interested in plexiglass stuff. And I said, is that plexiglass? And he goes, no, it's commercial grade whiteboard for like a dry erase marker. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was plexiglass. And he goes, I got it from work. Do you want it? And I said, um, sure. Let me see if the laser will cut it. So it's a 12 inch by 48 inch, still wrapped in the plastic piece of industrial grade whiteboard that I don't really need, but I'm going to laser it and see what happens. So... So that it's was not what a I got. rubber. So it's a rubber core. It's a rubber core with it, it's not whiteboard it, laminate on the outside. It seems like it's a plexiglass core because I poked it with my finger and it's not soft. Are you sure? Because I poked it with my finger and it felt soft. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Is it magnetic? I mean, whiteboard magnetic no. whiteboards are a thing. Uh, I don't think so, mm. but I haven't tried to put a frog pot on it yet, um, so I, I really can't say. Uh, the last thing that I got, which I kind of glossed over because somebody kept interrupting me, was uh, Tony. Um, Tony has very stringent, like, his quality values are, like, super high. And if anything happens to something in production, he just chucks it in a bucket of brass. And it's like, it's done. And I found the bucket while we were at Tony's. And I said, Tony, can I take some things out of your bucket? And he's like, you can take a few things just a few you can't have the whole bucket i'm like all right all right so so i took a little a little bubble level that looked like it was 
sort of okay. And then a bigger bubble level, which also sort of looked like it was okay. These are just the bodies. Like, there's no bubble in it. There's no cover in it. Uh, I didn't see that bucket. Yeah, one. it was right next to the jet bandsaw. And um, Dang. on one side of the little level, there is some wood, like some inlaid wood. But on the other two sides, there's nothing. And then um, I took one of the bodies for a uh, a 12-inch right angle, like a plane, not a plane, the right angle uh, square that he makes. And I don't know why, but there was like 87 of those little knob, the adjusters for the squares. So I took like, yeah, that had knurling and I, I'm a knurling addict, as you well know. So I took six of those. So, so I don't know. I, I, there may be nothing ever happens to them. Maybe I just have them so I can touch them. I don't know. No, here's, this is what you do, but, but I guarantee. But but Tony probably has changed his definition of a few now. That's a that's a few. <laughs> a couple. Come on. He's gonna say a couple. That's a couple. So so PJ, put put one of those bubble levels in like a bucket of water, and just let it sit there for the next twenty years, and then sell it to someone, and they'll think that it was just broken and it needs to be restored, and you'll get your money back for it. I didn't pay anything. And yeah, and they're brass. It'd be easy to get your I money said what back. I said. <laughs> And they're 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 solid brass. So that's You're solid brass. Oh, sorry, I thought you were attacking me. I actually what what I want to try to do is I want to try to see if I can't um, scan them, and then use the laser to cut out stuff to go in them. That's that's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to try to do it. I don't know if it'll work, but we'll, well, we'll see. That's fun. You can also yeah. take a rubbing, and then scan. Oh, I got a deal. Tom got a no. deal. It hasn't happened. Well, it's preliminary. Nah, I'm not going to talk about it yet. Never mind. I'm buying a vehicle, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it. If you don't have it yet, Tom, you can't talk about it. But when you get That's the Frog Pod Mobile, what have you even paid for it? Oh, thanks, Tim. I haven't paid for it. I haven't paid for it yet. Yeah. Anyways, are we done? Great. <laughs> Good podcast, folks. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. This has been awesome. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. Luke, uh, what is your personal history with digital design? Um, so my personal history of digital design is that I ended up um, getting a CNC. And I did not know pretty much how to use it or anything and i was really eager though because like when i get anything new i have to like learn every single thing about it so like i used to be like the person who like when you got like a new iphone you went through like every part of the settings just to see like what you could change so like i had to know exactly what this thing could do and i and i kind of took a deep dive into digital design and taught myself how to um design things that i could later either fabricate myself or have a Robot fabricate them, so is you know, that was is that it's kind of kind of kind of I kind of saw the pool and I was like cannonball and that was it. Luke, I don't think I know to what extent you make you sell things, right? I do. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, I'm not really good at it, but I do sell things. Okay, I'm not trying to qual- quantify it necessarily, but like. Do you are you mostly on Etsy? Like I don't think I know that part of you that well. I just know you're you're 
your comedy and your stories and your yeah all that stuff that's what i care about i'm never gonna buy anything from you i mean that's fine too i you know i i um <laughs> it used to be that i was just making wait are we am i allowed to swear on this podcast i don't know what kind of you know it's, yeah we bleep yeah, it out certainly. go ahead go for it oh uh, who does the bleeping because that will determine how many times i swear oh pj so f- yeah crazy <laughs> okay <laughs> you too luke love you <laughs> the best podcast i've ever heard so <laughs> what was i saying oh uh do I'm i so, sell stuff so is that what you asked so um so like like it really it's i, I, I don't know i'm not like i guess like uh, like i don't have like products and and stuff that i sell generally but i i use mallets as um my method for learning digital design right so like mm-hmm. i'm constantly tweaking how I manufacture, trying to find the best process to using the CNC. And because mallets can take a lot of different shapes and forms, um, I, I like using that because um, I could, you know, it, it really kind of stretches me. But what's been fortunate is because like a lot of people do just follow me because I make them laugh. Um, eventually they, they like it so much. They're like, hey, I want to support you. And then they overpay for whatever I'm making. And I'm like, well, I got this for sale and they're like i'll I'll buy it so i don't really have anything the only thing i have on my etsy right now is like the standard merch package of luke in the garage stuff that's cool and and i have all right so this is kind of what i thought and i have i do have one product is um my tie fighter stands for like finishing work oh yeah so it's like it's like half of a tie fighter and like because what i'd heard was um people were like complaining not that i do a lot of finishing work because I, I have so many unfinished projects but um and i'm also not riding a horse right now sorry guys um <clears throat> uh so like they were complaining that like those cheap painting triangle things um leave marks on the bottom of their pieces so i was like well what if it was just flat instead and i was like the tie fighter wing is flat on the top so i i printed halves of tie fighters and i've sold a bunch of those so but but i don't talk about it a lot because that means i had to go print a bunch of those so right you know. yeah, when did you get the cease and desist from disney i'm still waiting on it because i think that's what will make me famous i want to be the cease and desist guy like like the um that one dude um unnecessary inventions who keeps having crocs Give them tendencies and desists. <laughs> like, like Crocs doesn't have enough problems. They got to focus on this dude making like a Croc style underwear. <laughs> like, right. right. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, um, I've already gotten one and it's not made me famous at all. So You've, what was you your cease and desist? Croc style underwear? <laughs> no. <laughs> Crocs. Crocs aren't even real footwear. Screw them. It's, no, I, oh, I, PJ, PJ, restraining orders are not the same as cease and desist. No, I got a cease and desist. That's Actually, what I thought. Took, it was digital content. <laughs> all right. Uh, years ago, this is like maybe 2011. Um, I put up t-shirt designs on, I want to say it was like T public, I think. And, uh, I did like 10 designs and out of the 10, like six or seven of them were star Wars based and they were. I had modified them, you know, uh, but they still took them down. Like I had the, um, like when I was a kid, I used to call, because I was little, when they would say lifesaber, light, you know, lightsaber, 
on, mm-hmm. on Star Wars, I thought they were saying um, lifesaver, like lifesavers candy. So then yeah. I made the uh, <clears throat> lifesavers uh, hard, was it hard candy lightsaber, like the, the choice of Jedi's candy lightsaber. <laughs> like I made like a whole different version. Like it was basically all these lightsabers that look like lifesavers candy. Like all the handles were like lifesavers. The blades came in on an array of colors, you know, like, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, uh, they didn't like that. So they made me take that down. Uh, then I had one where it was the Millennium Falcon approaching the Death Star. But instead of it being the Death Star, I took the part where the laser comes out and moved it to the middle where that ring is going around. Mm-hmm. And then I made it the same colors as a Pokemon ball where it was red on top and white <laughs> on the bottom. And and then I put a little bubble there and and it says, that's no moon, you know, and it's like, because it yeah. wasn't a moon, it was a giant Pokeball. And there was like, there was a, there was a handful of other ones where it was like all like Star Wars themed, but it was mixed with other stuff. And uh, like, it was like last year, it took them years, it took them like a decade, but they finally got around to me like, we have removed your your uh, your Star Wars shirts because we got a cease and desist letter from Disney, and I'm like, oh. I mean, I gotta, I'd be excited that you got on their radar. I mean, that's pretty cool, man. Congrats. Yeah, but it happened in an email. It wasn't like it was a press release where everybody's like, "Hey, this guy was ripping them off." I'm like, "Oh man, I missed my chance." You could. Well, oh, but they, you to put, but they put removed your product release. though. Yeah, it's gone. I mean, I still have the files. I can put it back up. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> that that intern's probably got a real job by now. They're actually on Instagram. They're I think they're on my personal account. They're not on the Junk Hunter account, but I put up all those designs on Instagram to try to sell them, and I think they're all still up there. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. So, yeah, there was that. So I'm, I'm just, I, I didn't mean to burst your bubble, but you're, it's, it's, it's like a small death. You're not, you're not going to be famous. <laughs> oh, wow. What you going to do? So, uh, yeah, there's not much you can do. So Luke, uh, you kind of glossed over. When did the digital design start? Like, when did you, you give us like the process, but when was that, that you started doing that? Um, like a year and a half ago. So, oh, so you're an, you're an awesome. expert. Okay. So. I mean, right. you, you know what? A lot of people think I am. I don't know why. Um, I make cool stuff. <laughs> I like, 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 it's not like, you know, it's kind of like a, like computers in general. They don't make them so hard that you can't use them. Right. Like digital design. It's not that hard. You know what the hard part of it is, is perfecting it. Right. Getting the machine to do a hundred percent of what you want instead of settling for like, hey, I got ninety percent of the way there. I could hand finish the rest of it and fix the rest later, you know. Right. That's what Tom does. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. I got a frog pod, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine. Yeah, it's a it's a you, Luke gets the frog pod it. and he's like, this looks like it's ninety percent good. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what we strive for here. Yeah. So. But yeah, so no, I. There, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, is there? Why? What do you think is involved with a that perfection, getting it to a hundred percent? You know, it's it's it, it. It's trial and error. 
I mean, that's really what it is for me because I, I'm sure, like, like I don't know if you guys have spent much time trying to like learn how to CNC on YouTube, but like in general, woodworking videos on YouTube are they're pretty entertaining, right? Um, but learning how to CNC is like some of the most boring stuff you could ever watch on YouTube. Like, and hats off yeah. to the dudes who know how to do it because they're they're spending the time to make these videos but they but basically you got to watch like 30 minutes worth of a YouTube video to get that one two second nugget that you're hoping for right it's like i just want to know what the setting you had where the bit you know in relation to the bottom of the material like that's all i wanted to know you know and it's like you got to watch like the whole video to even get that so um but yeah you know it's 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 i th i think like when i got into it you know, I, I just wanted to see what this machine could do and then to perfect it. Like what I've been doing is I just go over and over and over again. And it's interesting, like the, the I make those round mallets with the epoxy core. Right. And that was like the first thing I could grab one if you want to see one. Uh, but that was like the first thing that I've ever like kept trying to get better at it. Right. Um, whereas like I made the first one and I was like, hey, I did it. This is awesome. Right. And then I was like, let me let me see if I could do it again. And I want to see, like, how much material I actually used, right? How much? How could I get my material down? And then it was like, because I don't want to use extra material and have a lot of waste. There's a lot of waste when you do digital, like, you when you, you're seeing, seeing stuff. And so then it was, okay, well, how, how could I make the, the, you know, get it closer to finished so I could spend less time sanding it at the end, right? So that's like, so, like, the whole process of the digital design for me is kind of like trial and error trying to figure out like what can I do what can't I do and then once I got that a little bit established then I'm like okay and, and how could I do all this better you know and that's really mm -hmm. like my process about going through it you know and 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 talking to people like I, I talk to people all over Instagram and YouTube and I, I message them and ask them questions and I try to find experts to glean knowledge you know I really took a like even though it's been like a year and a half like I know, um, you know, I probably have over a thousand hours of scene seeing in that time, maybe fifteen hundred somewhere in there. I know I've replaced the bushings on the router that I had in there twice, you know, and I know that says, you know, you get like a hundred to two hundred hours off that, you know. So, so I mean, do you remember in the in the pre-show, Luke, when you asked me like how I got this podcast together, like how Tanda and Tom came get the reason is because all the the boring video watching that you do i just mm -hmm. call them when i don't know something i like one of the two of them is going to know the thing i'm like how do i do this they're like oh just hit the red button i'm like oh that's that's what i wanted to know and then i just hang up the phone so so they have your you you, you have their numbers that's cool yeah yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> tom doesn't answer but that's okay i i know where he lives so i mean i message tom yeah, I on instagram pretty regularly and, and usually he's like a four to six hour return time on a message yeah is yeah. am i that's that's about right <laughs> that's bad <laughs> that's bad but i would say that that's as quick as i respond maybe because because <laughs> i i see your name and i'll just i'll click on it right away i could be i could be in the shower i'll click on your name to respond <laughs> well, hey pj it's like four to six days maybe and usually Tanda answers them before then. Yeah. So it works out for me. I will say PJ that's, answers that's, me pretty yeah. quickly, so I assume he doesn't have a tongue going on. Yeah, basically. That's not true. 
<laughs> got a lot of stuff just going on. Pick. Kidding. Just blueberry picking. Come on, I'm just joking. No, he's you probably no, picking no, blueberries no, outside of cellular range if that's happening. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know that last night I had my first slice of blueberry pie, and it was like dying and going to heaven, and then coming back and landing in my tummy. Welcome so. to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you make fun of my blueberries all you want. They're delicious. We will. We will. Do you, pre- do you prefer uh, pie over cake? Yes, I am an anti-cake person. Oh, anti-cake is an aggressive stance. No, I'm dead serious. I, I prefer either pie or brownies. I don't I mean, like cake. Now, I will say, I will say. What about, what about like a, a short skirt and a long jacket? I mean, is there at least one one cake that you like? Short skirt and a long one, jacket. One, oh, we're not talking about the band, <laughs> I guess, right? Uh, no. Oh my God. No, oh, okay. we're, we're not talking about 80s bands. What about coffee Canada. cakes? How do you feel about coffee cakes? Nope. Nope. The only really? cake, The only cake that I will accept is chocolate cheesecake. That's basically a pie. Um, you see my point? That's what I mean, I'm saying. At that, it, like you're like one step away from being fudge at that point. What about blueberries on cheesecake? Fudge is awesome. Fudge is awesome. What? What, Tanda? <laughs> blueberries on cheesecake? I've, I've never had that before. I don't know what that would taste like. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think it tastes like blueberries on cheesecake, but <laughs> yeah, but I've never had that, so I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But the point is, okay, let me let me tell you my my cake philosophy here, okay? Uh, cheese cheesecake, okay? <laughs> because you asked the question. That's why. I didn't ask anything. We're 37 minutes in and we're talking about cake. Anyway. And I want to know what anti-cake means. Well, I do too, but this is not the forum. Does that mean like if somebody puts a slice of cake in for you or to you, you're going to be like, no, go f- That's exactly like, what it means. <laughs> cake, I'm out. Antica. So, follow me Antica. on this, Luke. Follow me, okay? okay. In your right, lifetime, okay? In your lifetime. When you've sat down and had cake, how many times has it been garbage cake versus how many times has it actually been good cake? I'd say it's probably good 75% of the time, 80% of the time. Okay. But I'm a pie guy, so. Well, my experience has more been like 50-50, okay? And, And the problem is you don't know which you're getting until you bite it. And that's the issue I have. Whereas with brownies, the you get you got like a 90, 95% chance you're getting a good brownie. There's you, there's like only you know what I mean? You realize you talk about cake the same way people talk about harbor freight, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you freight go in there and sucks. some shit is fucking awesome, but like you go back in there the next time, it's like this is garbage. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was about to say the cake for of me, the hardware stores. For me, there's only like good cake and really good cake, but I've I've never bought cake at Harbor Freight, so maybe I'm the Harbor Freight. Cake Wait, have you had the Portillo's chocolate cake, PJ? I don't know what that is. You know what Portillo's is? No, they don't have Portillo. Where no. Where do you live again? I live in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Pennsylvania, but I've lived all over the place. I've never heard of Portillo's. Is that a chain? Isn't that Pittsburgh? Oh that's God. five so hours yes, from here. Ch- it's a chain that's out of Chicago, but um, they have oh. chocolate cake there, and it's like a ch- chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cake, and uh-huh. it is outrageous. And then they have a chocolate cake shake where they take a slice of cake and they throw it in a cup, and then they throw the ice cream on top and blend it, 
So, like, you get chunks of cake and frosting as you're eating the milkshake. I, I don't think I would like that. That texture sounds really weird. I mean, like, I, I like that's chocolate why I malts. like it. Chocolate malt is where I'm at for, for like, the All blended. Right. Yeah, right. I like malts. Malted. I'm old school like that. But, but okay, if you're going to, like, a, a, a place that's known for their cake, like, you've ate it before and you know that it's going to be good, you don't really have a problem there, right? But it's the unknown cake that's the issue. And so I just am like, I'm done. It's just like, I don't like pancakes either. When, when we were at the, uh, we were at the slip and slide, Tony slip and slide, cousin Paul was making pancakes and I'm like, I'm anti-pancake. It, it took me. Really? Even pancakes? Years. I like Even waffles. Pancakes? I like waffles. Okay. I'm a oh waffle guy. Give me the, give me the, I like the texture. It's made of the same stuff, but it, the texture I mean, is very different. Yeah. But to be anti-pancake. Is a strong stance. Like, what about pigs in a blanket? Do you have feelings about pigs in a blanket? I don't like them. Wow, your fa- your opinions are fascinating. Why? You sure I, you guys want to be interviewing like me? We could be interviewing PJ right now. No, we're doing it. Let's keep going. <laughs> I like this now. Okay, I, I was going to have a three-hour episode. You ever had you ever had beanie weenies? Sure. I mean, is that like Franks and Beans? Beanie yeah, Franks and Beans, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like I used to eat that when I was in college, but I haven't had that in over twenty years. So, you know. I mean, I'll say I won't go to a place for their cake, but I will go to a place for their pie. I'll settle for the cake, but I'm, mm. I'm going for the pie. Good pie is hard to find, man. You know, it, I mean, I think I think it's even it's a it's a harder divide with pie. Like the cake, you can kind of like, eh, it's sort of good, sort of bad. But if you have bad pie, it's it's terrible. Versus really good pie, which is just like heaven. It's true. Um, I feel like we're talking about baking design at this point. Um, we can talk about baking. I, I like that's one of my other skills, not baking, but cooking. I, I do love bacon. There was a lot of bacon at the slip and slide. I tried something new though um, in my pie when I made my pie a couple days ago. I usually put in uh, lemon juice, like from a bottle, and I was mm. all out of lemon juice, but I had a lemon. So then I just squeezed the entire lemon with my fist, drizzled it all over. And I put an entire lemon in there. Let me tell you something. I'm doing that from now on. The recipe doesn't call for a whole squeezed lemon, but that's what I'm doing. Hmm. I've always wondered so. how they get it out of the bottle and into the lemons. Tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny hands. I mean, to like cup your ha- the tiny hands over the bottle top to help funnel it into the bottle? Is that how that? Yes. Like the little hands that Jimmy uses whenever he's sawing stuff, those hands. <laughs> oh, he hasn't done that in so long. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, man. he lends them I've out got an to the unfinished lemon people. project that reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, let's 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 move off of the pies. Uh, Luke, did you have anything else on digital design you wanted to share? Uh, I, I I I have been doing three D printing as well, which is I've been I've printed a few of my own designs, which has been fun. So. Not just like found other designs on the internet and printed those. So it's another material to use in digital design. I like that. Do you find that the 3D printing is a lot different from the CNCing? Yeah, 100% as far different. As the, the, from the design aspect, I mean. Yeah, like I've gotten deep into cams. Not deep, but I've, I've, I've dug a little bit deeper into like cams and feeds and speeds and even trying to understand what things like chip load are on the, when it comes to CNCing. But like, on the on the 3D printing, oh my god! Like, I was like, what's the what's the difference between a point one and a point two layer height? And like, 
Like, you know, I, I don't know what any of it means, and it's like I just have not had the same desire to, like, cannibal into that. So I think it's point one. Def- yeah. yeah, definitely point one. Yeah. Definitely point one. I would, I would, I'm predicting something out because at one point five, just to see if it makes a difference. So, you'll you'll find out, Luke. You'll find out. And I think, uh, how long have you been three D printing? Uh, maybe like six months. Okay, so you're right at that that for what for me was kind of like the tipping point. I had I had my printer for about six months before my brain sort of switched. And I started to understand how everything was working. And then that's when I started printing products. So maybe, I don't know if that's the same time period for you, but it, it takes a while to start thinking in that way. Uh, it, it, I don't know how to I'm not explain a, it. I'm not afraid of it anymore. It's like So like I have two Ender 3s, right? Three V2s, right? And mm-hmm. when I first set up that first one, like once it was printing fine, like I was afraid to touch it. I'm like, I'm going to put the filament in. I'm going to print some shit, and I'm just going to pray to God it comes out, and then I'm going to leave it alone. But um, then I got a second one, and the second one prints awesome. Like, right as soon as I got the bed level, it's like kick the butt all the – I should not say how nice it is because it's going to blow up on me. But, um, but recently the first one kind of pooped the bed, and now, like, I'm not afraid to, like, take it apart and, like, try swapping out parts and, like, like messing with the hardware. I haven't messed really a lot with the software of it, but with the hardware of it, like just kind of, I'm not afraid to just rip it apart now. It's interesting that when you have a, a tool or a machine, there's always that, that point where something breaks on it and you have to dig into it or something doesn't work. And then kind of the floodgate opens to, okay, now I can mess with it. Yeah. You know, like the, like the new has worn off or I have to, to get this going. And then that barrier is just gone from that point on. Yeah, like like I had an X-Carve, which is like, if you guys know anything about the X-Carve, it is the ultimate in DIY CNCs. I mean, it comes to you in like 8 million little parts. Um, and like building that thing gave me a little bit of confidence that like if I needed it to fix things, I could fix things. And then ultimately I did have to fix things and I had to rebuild parts of it and I upgraded parts of it and like, it was really fascinating, and it's so. Then I I got a uh, Onefinity now, and that machine is kind of really designed to be taken apart and put together multiple times. I mean, like every time, like you know, you you could take it apart. And it's really not that big a deal. It's like four screws, and because it's so rigid, you know, it's going to go right back into position. You know, so. But yeah, it's 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 the comfort zone with the three D printing is is definitely getting there. Cool. That's cool. All right, let's move on to Tom. Tom, do you got any uh, anything you want to chime in with uh, your personal history on digital design? No, we ain't got time for that. Oh, Tom's pulling up. I, I did have one. I did have one. I did have one brief story. Uh, I remember in like fifth, sixth grade, we did CAD, and this is like old school CAD where you just like typed everything. You didn't really draw anything. And we all had a binder with like literally click by click instructions on what to do. And I have no idea to this day what we were doing. Like I have no clue what we were trying to make. There was no connection to the real world whatsoever. I don't even remember the image that we may have produced or not produced because you miss one line and and the whole thing is screwed up. Um, It was a terrible experience. 
that's all. That's my that is the breadth of my experience with 3D with digital design. That was a I've never fascinating done story, Tom. That anecdote will haunt me for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That was fascinating. Oh, you're welcome. <clears throat> Tanda, what about you? <clears throat> I, I, I've thought about doing some digital design. <laughs> well said. Well yeah. said. So, so yeah, right. I, think, I think I'll keep it short. I've, I've done some digital design. We've talked about it. All right. Well, um, I'm going to relegate to, uh, to the newer stuff. Uh, for those of you that aren't Patreons and haven't heard it or haven't figured it out, I got a laser. And uh, to use that, you need to do some some basic digital design, I think. Uh, I have started. I've started to investigate the software. I guess what, is the best. What kind of laser did you get? I got a longer Ray Five. <clears throat> I don't know. What I can't that even is. say. I can't even say anything without Tom interrupting. That's just like it's his thing. No. Uh, it's a longer Ray Five. It's uh, it's basically like a square frame CNC. Um, the laser module is like a router module. It's all compact. There's no mirrors or anything. And you use a little setup block. Like you put the thing you want to, to engrave or to cut flat on the surface. You put the block on top of it. And then you lower the laser to the block. And then it's set. Like you don't have to focus anything. Uh, but the thing that I like about it is it comes with its own onboard processor. It has a touchscreen computer. You slot in a little SD card. And then it just works. Like you just plug it in, and it works. You don't need a laptop. It's like super portable. It's it's uh, it's basically the size of like a three D printer. It's a four hundred by four hundred millimeter uh, print bed. Is it millimeter or centimeter? I can't even remember. Um, Probably millimeter. It, can you like you could huge. cut with it though? You can cut with it. Uh, it'll do 0.8 inches of wood or one point two inches of acrylic. Uh, won't do metal. It's a wow. it's a ten watt diode laser, and I, I, I still see, I'm pretty sure that's a typo. At best, it can do 0. 0.12 inches of acrylic. Uh, the video shows it cutting, so that's all I could tell you. Is well, they it, they show it working. PJ, somebody sent me a um, Millennium Falcon, They're like one of those ones where you cut all the little parts of it and you cut the circle of it and all the little pieces, and then you kind of assemble it together into if you want that file, man, I'll send it to you. You can try that on it. You mean like the kind of thing like you make the little dinosaur with all the pieces that slot together? Yeah, yeah. You know, like they, they, I know there's companies out there that like sell the kits of it, right? And then like they send it to the kids and the kids assemble it. And, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle almost. Cool. I appreciate the offer, but I'm trying to I, I want to use this for business. Like I want to ah. use it. I want to make products and in order to do that, I need to learn how to use Lightburn, which is the software for lasers. And I'm, I've watched one and a half videos on how to use it. And the laser is still in the box. I have not even put it together. So it's been, it's been one of them weeks. The, the tab and but. slot design, the style though, is a really good design pattern to couple with the laser. Isn't there a it's website a, that makes those, Tanda? Well, um, yeah, MakerBox, and there are a couple yeah, others, cool. I think, are, are handy websites that will allow you to make boxes and stuff. But, I mean, just in general, um, just kind of getting in that mindset. So even if you're just laying it out in some kind of, you know, vector graphics program, 
and just laying it out in 2D and, and just cutting and pasting the width of a tab over to make the slot and so forth and just getting good at that. And then you just kind of go from there. I just ordered three, like $3,500 worth of parts from Send, Cut, Send and that are a tab and slot design. So it's, it's a piece of equipment that is built from five laser cut parts that tab and slot together. And that carried right from my laser stuff into, you know, from doing that with Plexi and MDF and materials I can cut on my laser to sending it off to send, cut, send and making things out of stainless. So it's a good design The tab and slot stuff always stresses me out too in digital design because I'm like, you like your material thickness changes all the time, right? Even with like you get two sheets of plywood, they're going to be different Mm -hmm. thicknesses, right? And it's like, okay, well, if you make the slot too big, your parts are going to be loose. And if you make them too small, they won't fit. Like, like at least with, when you go to Sen Cut Sen, I, 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 they, you're going to know exactly how thick it is. But, like, in general, right. that part stresses me out. Like, I've, like I've offset stresses me out. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of MDF and a lot of Plexi um, and for that sort of stuff, for that very reason. Because MDF um, or high-density fiberboard, you know, the, the more compressed stuff is really uniform and then of course plexiglass is acrylic is really uniform so it works well for that but yeah certainly with the plywood you're going to run into those differences so it's similar to like a tab and slot thing one of the things that i wanted to use the laser for is i have sheets of plexiglass that i've picked up in various places that i want to cut out precisely it's not tab and slot, but what is it called uh, when you have two pieces that are like, let's say, six inches, and there's a three-inch slot on each side, and then they fit together? Um, it's that, like a, it's, it's kind, of, like kind a, of the same thing. Like a half lap or something? I don't even know. Um, it's still tab and slot. Still tab and slot, kind of but sl- I guess not. Slot and slot. Wait, so what are you going to do slot. with slot when you do the thing? Okay, so I have I, I paint, okay, like artist yeah. paint. And while I have doing these that? tubes. Not, not while doing that, no. Oh. Um, thank God no one can see what you guys are doing. So anyway, it's, so I have these two-ounce two tubes of artist paint, uh, heavy body acrylic. And I've got like, I don't know, 40 tubes, okay? And the little uh, sort of artist suitcase that I have is full to the brim to the point where I can't fit any more in there. So I need to make another suitcase. But these things, if you just throw them in there they just spill out all over the place like dead ducks you know like they don't stand up so i want to make like a grid pattern like a giant like tic-tac-toe macro where Mm -hmm. you can slot all these together and just put them all in there with the caps facing up and put a dab of color on the cap so you can see like relatively what color you're trying to pick out but have them all standing up and i figure that the plexiglass is thin enough and strong enough it'll hold them all up it'll make a good grid but cutting all that out by hand is a nightmare to get everything precise like that. Mm-hmm. The laser is like the perfect thing to do that repetitive motion. The only thing that I, I'm not 100% sure of because I haven't done it before is I need to make some of the pieces longer than the cutting area of the laser. And I don't know if there's a way to register it so that I can cut out the pieces slide down the uncut parts and then continue the cut to make a longer piece that's the only thing that i don't know if it's possible or 
Mm-hmm. I, I have to find that out. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's possible. You can you'll figure it out. So, um, but anyway, the point being is like that's my newest foray into digital design is having to do with the laser. Um, I have a handful of different um, tool related projects and products that I want to produce, and um, and yeah, I've got a. It's the same thing with this like that you talked about, Luke. I've got to kind of dive into it. The bo- the videos are super boring. I already oh, like passed out three times. Painful. Yeah, they're very painful. very dry, super dry. I um, mean, honestly, yeah. the funny thing is, I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, I could make a video and I could make it more interesting, but I got so bored thinking about the video that I just passed on it. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. The only thing about that's exciting about digital design is the end product. So yes, yes, I agree. 100%. And 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 you're going to learn, uh, PJ. Everything is possible, and also none of it is possible. So, preach to the choir. Well, shaky darn! I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial interludes and stuff. This is Chavez. Are you tired of futzing around with stuff on your computer for your CNC or anything that needs digital design? Here at Johnson's, we got just a thing for you. The Johnson's Digital Design Monkey. Our uncertified monkeys work for bananas. Our efficiency rating is 32%. He'll design your stuff that looks sort of like what you asked for. I gotta warn you. Don't stare at the monkey. He doesn't like that. Don't startle the monkey. Don't make eye contact. And only use organic bananas. Our Johnson's digital design monkey is only $497.35. You can find it in our monkey aisle. You can find us patreon.com forward slash makerskills. This is Chavez. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Uh, Luke, what skill goes well with digital design? Excessive drinking. Ooh, Ooh that, I like that one. We haven't had that one, one before. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. Good um, because uh, because yeah. when you're doing it, you just want to just drown yourself in alcohol. Just you want the pain to go away. Just I just don't care. I just want to get to the point where I don't care about the little things anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on a I'm working on a CNC dispensing robot. <laughs> I haven't thought of deploying it to dispense alcohol, but now I'm now I'm wondering. Good idea. It's a good compromise. Yeah. All right, all right, I'm going to give that to you, Luke, because that's that's a genuine skill that somebody needs to have. Um, Tom, <laughs> what what skill class? What yeah. skill goes well with uh, with digital design? Uh, I'd say design goes well with digital design. It's oh, in it's the name, Tom. The it's Definitely. in it's the name. The you can't say it yeah, if it's already in one. the name. Come on, man. Absol- absolutely. No. Absolutely. Is you, it too no. late to hard pass? Yep. <laughs> you already went on Luke. the whole episode a little late a little late to hard pass the invitation tom <laughs> come on man put those two brain cells to work well, what what goes well with no, digital I'm design with design yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think design's good yeah i think design's good i'm sticking with that you, you you're not getting anything else out of me you can't pair design with digital yep. design Tan- it's in the name tanda, oh my tanda God. what would you say what would you say tanda that is a good pairing with digital design sidebar oh. tanda yeah. Luke? Yeah. Is it just me or does he just not hear what I'm saying? I think he's doing other things right now. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's like if, I, if the I don't design think he, if, it, that it's that he didn't hear what you're saying. I, 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 I mean, he for he sure heard care what you. you're saying. If the skill was like banana milkshake, his answer would be bananas. That's, oh, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like he, that's a good he just one. doesn't. It's part of the thing. You can't say. Oh, you can't say bananas. No, you can't. That's what oh. I'm trying to say. It doesn't work that I, way. I, I was going to say digital. I mean, you know, no. di- yeah, I, I. I feel I feel like he kind of gave came with the answer that like like the teacher calls on the student and like the student has been busy like drawing boobs for the last twenty minutes right yeah and they're like hey and what do you think and they're like boobs I mean what are we talking about <coughs> digital design digital that's the answer <laughs> I feel like that that's that's very accurate Luke. oh it um, looks sorry. looks like looks like Tom's done drawing whatever it is he's drawing there yeah, <laughs> he's drawing right more there. boobs. <laughs> Hey Tanda, uh, that's true. Uh, welcome back, Tom. I mean, uh, I mean, hi, Tom. Hey, how's it going? So, uh, anyway, Tanda, what what skill goes well with uh, with uh, digital design? Banana milkshakes. That's Ooh, that's not a, a skill. I like Tanda. that one. Not a skill. Not a skill. I, just, I was going to say recently bananas. I heard someone say that was a skill. That's not a skill. If the skill was banana milkshakes, yeah. no. Well, just oh, throw an man. ING on it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, um, computer skills. You can't really do digital design without having good computer skills. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Yes. You, you do need That's to design on a computer. Uh, uh-huh. I'm going to agree PG, with you. You seem a little one. disappointed that she gave a good answer. <laughs> no. I like, oh, I like to mix it up every once in a while just to throw him off. Just wait. Just wait till PJ says something and we just completely disagree with it. So oh, cool. Tom, Tom likes to my answers before I actually say the answers and the answers are always yeah. good answers and then he has nothing to say. Mm, no, you said reading one time. People don't know how to read, Tom. That's And des- and design and design 8 times. Oh my god. I <laughs> first off, I've said design at least 25 times. You're wrong about that. And and design is a valid skill when it's not paired with other design, okay? It's not so much what you say, PJ, it's how long you take to say it. What do you got? <laughs> Hey PJ, what's, ready? A, what's a skill that goes well with uh, with digital design? No, I'm not design? ready yet. <laughs> Sketching. Oh no, that's analog design. Yeah, I mean that's 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 not digital design. Analog design. So before you before you get to the digital design, sometimes you need to sketch out the idea before you make it digital. Like a like a pre-design. Sketching is the anti-cake yeah. of digital design. Then you're kind like of designing it twice, dude. Design it, and then once you're done designing it, then design it again? Yes. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you take into consideration that Tom said design twice, that's basically the same thing, only my answer makes sense. Well, yeah, that's basically what you're saying, if, because if you sketch it, you've already designed it, and then you have to digitally design it, so that's kind of designed twice. Yes. I feel like I'm learning notice, a lot on this podcast. Notice I didn't say design twice, though. <laughs> That's my point. Okay. I got you, bro. I'm team PJ now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, whoa, ready to, whoa, I'm, ready, whoa. I'm ready to ride this flaming whoa, 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 wagon whoa. down the hill to the, to the tar pit. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So you did send him the email. He knows how this ends. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it, I think I figured out this podcast now. I'm ready to go. You guys want yeah. to start over? Let's restart. <laughs> yeah, let's start over. Let's start over. <laughs> and now it's time for Gimme Your Best Guest. 
Yeah! Alright, Luke, we know that digital design is your number one skill, but in Give Me Your Best Guess, we want to get to know you a little bit better. We want to know your top five skills. So what is skill number two in your toolbox? Alright. Uh, wait, does that have to be my second best skill? Because I, I have the because I didn't get the email, so I didn't know that the skills had to be in an order. If like, you don't tell us, if you don't tell us an order, then then you can just proceed. It threw me off when he said number two. So, anyways, that's not a skill. Everybody does a, number two. It's just a bathroom number joke. Two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, my number uh, two skill is uh, probably uh, I'm. I'm a, a excellent barbecue pit master. Really? Oh, yes. Okay. I used to do competition barbecue. Barbecue. Oh no joke. Yeah, my team was black and blue barbecue. How many years did you do barbecue. that? Like five or so you six. Beat your meat before you. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Bro, like you want to talk meat jokes? We could go all day. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even talked. We get, we Wait. could jump right into sausage all right, talk. Is that... All right, but you. But all right, I have a question. Yes. Is that strictly smoking, or is it all forms of cooking over an open flame, or I don't know how you want to categorize it. Yeah, well, there's a difference you... between grilling and, and barbecuing. Um, barbecuing typically okay. typically is, is cooking it lower and slower, whereas grill is hot and fast. Um, okay. But I did uh, – I competed in um, – the Kansas City Barbecue Society circuit for five years and did it all around in like the three states around me. Cool. I, yeah, I gotta say, Luke, um, the the comparison there, the uh, the low and slow versus the hot and fast, sounds a lot like uh, my dating history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heyo, he flames out pretty quick. I don't have yeah. the yeah. I don't have the snare drum. <laughs> I'm in a sidebar. <laughs> is there like a record for sidebars? Because I, I mean, I could throw a couple out there. Mm. Wait, we sidebar again? Sidebar by yourself? No, I'm I'm back. I just didn't want to hear that. Oh, about <laughs> <laughs> his his dating life or his meat? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tom was talking about meat. I just said dating. I think we're I think we're good. What's number three? Oh, three? All right. Hold on. I got to open my notes back up. Um, I am an excellent boat captain. Boat captain? I'm really good at driving boats. I'm really good at driving boats. Really? Uh, wouldn't it be sailing boats? No, power boats. No. I, I, I don't know sail. how to sail. Oh, power boats. What, what makes somebody good at that? Being able to dock it? Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, being able to, to go out on it and come back alive. Is, is you know is, is yeah. a good start, you know the bar is pretty low. There's not a lot of rules for boaters, at least in the Midwest. You know, like you don't need a driver's license to drive a boat. You know, you don't need to be a oh, certain age to be drive a boat. You don't need a license at all, like um a boat license. Not in Illinois. Do, do you need cool. to like? I uh, can let my six year old son drive the boat for all I care. Like it, like light vests and be sober. No, being sober no. is not even one of them. Like honestly. Um, if you talk to people down at the boatyard, they get multiple boats there every year. They get completely destroyed from um, people getting too drunk and ramming them into things. There was some baseball player awesome. when I when – I, well, I've sunk a couple boats too. Um, <laughs> Said the expert boat captain. 
Look, I that's, said I was good at driving boats. That's how you boats. get there. I'm not good at buying boats. There's a difference. Look, I'm not good at buying boats, but I'm really good at driving boats. Clearly, I'm still here, and I've still sunk a few boats. So, yeah. But, no. It, it, so, like, when I got to the, the one time, I, I got to the boatyard, and, like, there was, like, a like a 35-foot, 36-foot cigarette boat there. And the front, like, normally is, like, a swoop, you know, so it could ride the waves. But this one kind of looked like somebody had taken a huge 90-degree notch out of it. They said that people were wow. drunk driving the boat, and they hit a wall, and everybody flew off the boat. Ooh. So, uh. so I'm a better boat driver than that person is, for sure. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on a second. Now, you just, you, just, you just skimmed over one of the most important parts. So there were superheroes riding this boat, and then they crashed it and flew away? I don't know if they – I don't know what, what – all I know is the, is the dude who was in the overalls at the boatyard, tell me what was wrong with the boat. He did not like give me any details about what happened to the people that got launched. I think they all landed on um, the sidewalk, right? Because they hit uh, like a like a pier wall, um, and I'm sure. Wow. That, and it was so recent that they he had not followed up to see what the situation was. But like, yeah, you just Google drunk boaters, and you'll you'll see all the reasons why you should not drink and drive on a boat. I have the feeling that's what Tom's doing right this second. Yeah, he's a master Googler. Yeah. The face I, he's I, making is, is evidence enough. He's definitely doing it right now. Yeah. All right. There, <clears throat> anyway, there's probably whole um, websites and Instagram accounts dedicated to bad boaters. It, it sounds like uh, there should be like a college version of that when it's X-rated. Like Boats Gone know. Wild? Yeah, something it's, like that. There's, <laughs> definitely, there's definitely that out there. Google that, Tom. Tell us what you find. No, don't Google that, Tom. He's <laughs> gonna get a virus on his computer. A lot of a lot of pictures of boats on boats. Oh my God, boat on boat action is. Uh, we can't talk about that on this podcast. A lot podcast. of boat on boat action. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to skill number four, uh, Luke. What's fourth skill? Uh, I I think uh, a parenting, being a dad, would be my fourth skill. So dadding, dadding, yeah, dadding, dadding. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at uh, keeping the kids engaged and entertained. You have two? I, yeah. I can never count them. How many do you have? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's one that's a girl and one that's a boy. That's how you can tell them apart. You you used to have three, right? But, like, you lost one? Or? No. That, thank God. Not always two? It's always just been the two. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, I got a question. I got a kid, kid question there, Luke. Yeah. Now, don't take this the wrong way, but is Bubs really his name or is that a nickname? No, it's a nickname. His his real name is Robert. So Robert. Okay. I, yeah. I just was thinking of a birth certificate with Bubs on it, and I'm like, that's a brave man. I mean, but Bubs. but nobody knows him by anything other than Bubs. So, um, <laughs> and it was like like uh, I mean, how his name came along was that my wife and I both have grandfathers named Robert, and we were like, well, that makes sense. Like, let's go with Robert. And I was like, well, my grandfather. Um, was a little bit eccentric, um, and he used to he he had a regular he regularly used an alias which was Trevor which is Robert backwards, and I was like well you know Trey is a cool nickname for a kid right even though he's not the third of anything, um, I'm like we could call him Trey right which by the way I did not know anything about naming kids before I named kids in hindsight I might have done it differently, <laughs> um, but it's too late for that so. Uh, but like when he was a baby, my I came home from work one day and my wife was calling him Bubba, and I was like, 
Why are you calling him Bubba? She's like, I don't know. I'm just been calling him Bubba. And he's been Bubs ever since. That's great. That makes as yeah. much sense as anything else. Yeah. As any nickname. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have I have a ton of nicknames for him too, which he regularly tells me which ones I can and can't call him by. Like um Bubbatron, uh Bubba Wan Kenobi. Um, Roberto Von <laughs> Roberto Von Chucklestein is my favorite, and he, he hates it. <laughs> I've always like Vel 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 Von Chucklestein. We meet again, and he's just like, "Screw you, Dad!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cute nickname for you. Yeah, "Screw You, Dad" is my nickname. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, great. okay, that that answered a, a long pending question I've had for quite some time. So, and my a- and my daughter's. Uh, Ellie, but if you see me write it out, it's L, and uh, her real name is Danielle, because I'm an idiot. So, okay, well that that makes a little more sense. I, I could see how that that came about. Um. I, I wanted to call her Ellie, but I didn't like Eleanor or like Elaine as names. I was like, no. Um, and I was like, well, I'm like Ellie is spelled E L L E, so I'll just find a name with L in it, and I told my wife and she was all still coming off of the pregnancy drugs and she's like yeah sure, that's fine it sounds great and like later on <laughs> like people are like keep calling her l i'm like no it's ellie and they're like well that's not how it's spelled and i'm like well fuck you man like my name's spelled my real name it's the reason i go by uh luke instead of my real name which is lucas is because it's spelled l-u-k-a-s and i've just got tired of people spelling it wrong luckus yeah luckus yeah, that's great but you know like how you have um, like the, the the celebrity names where you combine like you know two people's names into one. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's yeah, Benifer. yeah, Benifer and Bradgelina or whatever. Um, so my wife's name is Jackie. So when you combine our names, our our combo name is Jackass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow that seems fitting. I don't know why, Luke. It just uh... Uh... yeah, it's great. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go from the jackasses to number five. What is the oh. fifth and final skill? Um, Lackey. <laughs> Lackey's so, better. So I kept going back and forth between <laughs> two skills here. Um, the One of them was a safer one where I was going to say, well, my, my probably one of my best skills is sales. I'm really good at sales. But then I was like, but I am really good at rolling joints too. So, like, you pick. <laughs> What's like dovetail rolling dovetail? Dro- I don't understand. Yeah, it's not a woodworking thing, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! I, I think there are a lot of places where you can combine that with sales these days. Yeah, yes. exactly. I could sell drugs. I could do that. I'd be great at selling drugs. <laughs> I have a I have a good friend who is a pharmacist, and the pharmacy she works at is um, on Central, which is kind of a notorious street in uh, Albuquerque. For, for drugs and so forth. And the place where she, uh, um, and the pharmacy is in the back of a, you know, like a place where you can buy retail, but then they also have a restaurant that makes Mexican food. And so I used to just straight, <laughs> say with a straight face, uh, you know, it's like, oh, what does Steph do? And she's like, oh, she sells drugs behind a Mexican food restaurant down on Central. <laughs> and then just, and then just awesome. let them sit there and watch, like, are you serious? Like, did they yeah, totally. did they have That's an oxy exactly burrito? What she, exactly what she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I for some reason, Luke, when I think about you selling joints as a business, 
I get this impression that like the joints are going to be shaped like a super star destroyer and like there's like that cone shaped and you're like it's like your signature rolling technique like you've got I like mean, a press you know what i mean like 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 a like a star destroyer does resemble a cone joint so i mean i you just would have to go wider and pancake it i know you don't hate cakes pj yeah. but you'd have to smash cake, cake pancake it down you know yeah. that would to yeah. that would totally work it would be kind of pie shaped yeah well, well, that's true shaped like a slice hey. of pie from slice the, of pie from the top yeah I probably could come up with a nice jig for that, to assembling that starter shore joint. We we had a cigarette making machine when I was little. My my mother smoked, and uh, my grandmother did, and they bought this. I don't know if it was like maybe it was uh, bought out of a magazine. I don't know where it came from, but you would put the tobacco and the paper in it, and you'd pull this lever, and a finished cigarette would come out. So oh, we had we had a similar one like that when my dad smoked, but it was a donkey, and you lifted the tail, and a cigarette came out the butt. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. So so I've actually designed a uh, a joint roller that I've made on my CNC, and it works awesome. But I don't post it on my Instagram because I don't want to get shadow banned. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The shadow mafia is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the donkey so, thing wasn't is it. Real. Uh, I think it was. It's a real thing. Dave, Dave Picciuto, didn't he? Didn't he make like little like presentation oh, trays for like a local dispensary? Yeah, I think it, yeah. Think it well, was Dave. No, yeah, no, it was Dave. He was doing it. Ben Ueda made a joint roller with his brother and did a YouTube video for Xcarve in Inventables, and they Phil. pulled it off the website. <laughs> really? No, this is um, this is from Reclaimed Audio, Phil. Uh, Phil, um, Phil what's Pinsky. What's the guy Pinsky. from? Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly did, right. It was it. Phil yeah, yeah, Pinsky. Yeah, yeah. He did it too. I think he did I think it too. Sold, I think both I think of them. A lot. I think both of them did that though, didn't they? Yeah, um, possibly, Phil, but I was I was thinking of Phil. I was thinking of Phil. Phil definitely yeah. did it. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. I, I all all knowledge related to other Phils. I I know that's what the PJ stands for. It's Philip John. So you so you have to keep track of all other Phils. There's not many of us, so it's yeah, be we're, it, we're a brotherhood. Yeah. yeah, my brother, my brother-in-law. You probably know him. I do. He's, he's a Phil. Yeah, that's that's Phil four eighty-seven. Yeah, we're we're very close. Are you Phil of the Thriller from Manila? Wondering where that came from. That's yeah. one of my many nicknames. <laughs> but look, rolling joints is an old school skill, so not many people know how to do it. Yeah, they do see gummy bears now. Well, not with yeah. an attitude like that. <laughs> True. Jeez, should we sidebar now? Is that how this works? <laughs> yeah. Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right, uh, we've reached the end of the podcast. Before we go to the secret segment, uh, Luke, is there anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Any shout-outs or any weird news or anything? Anything at all? Um, wow. Was this in the email that I was supposed to get? Yeah. Yeah, yep. all of it. Tom really, really pulled a fast one on you. I'm sorry, buddy. It's, I, I yeah. should have followed up. but uh, um, You know, you know uh, I... I had I had a really good hot dog today. That was a highlight of my yeah. yeah. There's this hot dog. How good? She, how good was it? Well, careful. PJ's PJ is anti hot dog. So. I'm not anti hot dog. Is it because of the encased meat part or the bread? 
Well, yeah. I don't really eat bread anymore, but uh, I haven't had a hot dog in a while. But I have like, mm. you, get, like a, it really? you get like a chicken hot dog or a turkey hot dog, you know. I don't eat beef did anymore. Did you make it or did you go buy it? You, are you asking me or Luke? No, Luke. Oh, I mean, I don't, I've made, I, <clears throat> I love uh, making sausages and I've made hot dogs once. Um, but hot dogs fall into the Italian sausage category for me where there's, just too many good options easily available so i don't tend to make it um but no i went to my best, favorite best hot dog what what's your best hot dog well i, I today i went and got it uh, my favorite hot dog joint oh. is uh super dog in chicago it's like a drive-in hot dog stand and uh you you get your hot dog and they, it's like old timey like they got like an old hot dog couple on the roof and um uh so i got the hot dog comes in a little cardboard box that is half hot dog and half filled with French fries and a green tomato. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got uh, a hot dog with, with fries and a, a bunch tamale, which is the only place I've ever seen bunch tamales. So, What's bunch tamale? So, like, do you guys know, like, the, like I don't know. In Chicago, we have tamales that aren't real tamale? tamales. It's like the steamed one in the plastic wrapper, you know? You guys have yeah. those? It's in a corn husk, right? Uh, no, traditionally. You traditionally it's in a corn husk, but this is just in like a plastic bag, and and like yeah, it's like a hot pocket. It's it's yeah. it's like a mushy hot pocket, exactly. And um, so instead of it coming as one like jumbo sized hot dog tube, it comes as four small ones that are like maybe like three quarters of an inch by like three inches, and there's four of them. So they're like snacking. Yeah. They're like a snack size tamale. Hmm. So I. I lived in I lived in Illinois for two years, and I got educated on all the food up there with the. Well, I actually don't know what it's called. The beef sandwiches, though. Is there a better name for that? It's Italian beef. Half dip. Yeah. And you want to and you want it hot dip. and juicy. Hot and juicy. That's a whole dip. Oh yeah, you want to dunk the whole sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and then their hot dogs are great, but the hot dog itself, like the actual meat tube, is not that great. But it's the toppings that make it. See, hot dog is a nostalgic food, right? So, like, people tend to like the hot dogs that they grew up on, and they think that's yeah, the best hot dog. So whenever you try another hot dog, it tastes wrong, right? It, it's – it. Uh, everybody's – like okay. we lived before. I got to disagree, and I just had this conversation with somebody. So it doesn't make it a difference. The guy that if, doesn't like pigs in a blanket. It doesn't make a difference if it's beef, beef and pork, chicken, or turkey. All hot dogs – taste identical i don't know Dude, if you had happens. a turkey dog it's gonna taste a lot different than a vienna beef hot dog they i'm sorry all PJ. taste the same all but taste the same sidebar against pj because this is offensive <laughs> <laughs> that's how you call a sidebar now Dude, Tando. Oh, you just say well, pj is wrong okay first of all <laughs> clear for a minute he is wrong okay a turkey dog <laughs> is a bunch of <laughs> and if you serve me a punch turkey dog i would punch him in the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad. PJ, what the oh, oh, I think by the end of this podcast, you get back. Hear you. He's he's done choking on his turkey dog. I <laughs> right, let him back in the room. Oh, punt him out. Gosh. Welcome back, that's PJ. You got something to say about turkey dogs? <laughs> yeah, turkey dogs taste just like every other hot dog. <laughs> Oh, good lord! Good lord! FedEx you by no, dogs so, farts so in a I glass jar. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, 
so with a twenty dollar bill taped to the box saying. and tell the FedEx man to break it on your door. <laughs> All right, so Luke, if if you ever wanted to come to Pennsylvania, okay, uh, and this is nope. in no way related to Jimmy to, to Jimmy Jaresta, in in town, not in my town, but in the next town over, there is a place called Jimmy's Hot Lunch, and their logo is a neon sign that's a hot dog, and that is their main thing that they sell. You, it's like a little diner, like an old mom and pop diner. And you go in there, and everybody buys like hot dogs and hamburgers and French fries, and, and like that's it. That's like that's the most part of their menu. There's there's like a few other little things you can get, but around here, if you want hot dogs, that's where you got to go. You got to go to Jimmy's Hot Lunch. Around here, if you want like a really like really tasty but probably horrible for you hot dog, um, you go to the Dog House, and it's like <laughs> a good a good hot dog, and it's got chili. Like just smothered in chili. Green chili. Um, actually, maybe it's not that great a hot dog, but it's so smothered in chili you don't even notice it. Um, so it's like finding a hot dog in your bowl of chili almost. But it's really good, and it's like where they did all of the drops and everything in Breaking Bad. So you oh. see, you see the doghouse that you see in Breaking Bad, um, where they would like kind of meet to do do deals or whatever occasionally. Yeah, I remember um, that. That's where you're real, from, is, is Albuquerque. Is a real yeah. place, and yep. and it's pretty good. And now, anytime you go in there, there are people that are just going on kind of like a Breaking Bad sites tour. Ah, do people still throwing pizzas on that on that house? Um, possibly. I think I think COVID <laughs> probably. I mean, they they there were people who bought like bounders mm-hmm. and gave tours. Like everybody got into the bounder motorhome, and then they drove them around to different, you know places from breaking bad and um but i I think with the people being kind of away from each other for a while it's uh settled down a bit i i know that at one point the people who bought that house or owned it had to put a fence around it because the Mm -hmm. owner got tired of taking pizzas off the roof of his garage that's awesome (laughs) it's so good so luke was that was that everything you had to say for the short and sweet oh yeah that was real short and sweet wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, moving on uh, uh yeah I, I i don't know it it sounds good to me all right tom what about you anything for short and sweet yep. yeah i'll be brief um fusion 360 school is a is a youtube channel fusion 360 school and it's it's about as good as you can get for learning 3d fusion 360 because he he does case studies where he just like the image of the thing kind of makes you go oh i want to know how to do that uh just from the thumbnail and then that's all he talks about like that one thing to complete that one task and because fusion 360 is so broad you can't just learn it from start to stop you have to you have to just like start incorporating more and more tools so check out fusion 360 school it's very well done. It's very thorough and short enough that it's not super boring. That's cool. Amazing endorsement. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, and thank you, Luke, for coming on this stupid show. Appreciate you. <laughs> Sorry you'll never be back, but it's not. He's saying that in, case he, in like, case he gets cut out for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. And if you block me on Instagram after this, I'm sorry. And thank you. Love you. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, this has been, this has been yeah, fun. Yeah, so check out, check out Luke in the garage. <laughs> Oh yeah, was I supposed yeah, to Luke promote Lucan. myself at this point? Yes, Lucan. that's Lucan. Lucan Garage. Yes, L U K E I N, Garage. 
So, so wait. So do I gotta wait now until oh, everyone else? Oh shoot! There's a the. yeah. There's a the in there. <laughs> though. Dang it. Uh, though when I talk to people, I always say I'm Luke of the garage. Like I'm. <laughs> like it's a Renaissance like fair here. I'm Luke. You're, you're, you're a lord. <laughs> I'm Luke of the garage. Luke. So. And and I am your father. <clears throat> okay. Yep. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Everybody go and subscribe to Luke in the Garage. And uh, Luke has a podcast with another knucklehead that uh, I do mention. We, we won't Wait, you're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about my my buddy, Ben, from Condorosa Creations. OK, we could talk about him. He's a great guy. He's been growing out his beard. That, How's that make you feel, Tom? Uh, inadequate. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> That's the wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> answer is answer. a prepubescent Hispanic boy. <laughs> this is his favorite <laughs> that perfectly yeah. describes tom uh no i i i got a podcast uh called the jointery um and i have a instagram and a tiktok and a youtube and they're all luke in the garage and uh yeah and i i have a sketchbook if you want to buy my sketchbook you could buy my I, I haven't talked about that in a while so i'm an author too not like not like you PJ, but you know, I could copy and paste and publish. Got gotcha. Yeah, it sounds very. <laughs> I, I want now. I, now I want to make a uh, like a sketchbook, like a field notes book, and sell them, just so I can say, yeah, I've, I've sold a number of books. It's exactly <laughs> why I did it, and it was so My funny. Books are like sellers, I was. <laughs> I was doing um, like I'm trying to keep track of my expenses and like the stuff I've made for the shop because I'm afraid that like I'll get taxed on something. And when I was doing it, I was like, why is Amazon sending me like two dollars and nine dollars? And like, what is all this? And I look back and it was the, my book. Like, I think I've made like 40 bucks off this thing. and I've sold like over 100 copies. <laughs> right. I have to buy one now. How do I find it? Uh, it's, it's in my bio for uh, if you if you go on Amazon, you search ma magic ideas. Um, it's there, or you can, uh, the link in, uh, my bio on my Instagram or on my website. I do have a website. It's Luke in the Oh, that's updated quarterly. That's convenient. Yeah. It's super convenient. Quarterly. That would have been my fourth guess. Yeah. Um, mm. Mm. yeah, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, Phil and Tim and Bill because talking about Phil made me nostalgic for, uh, for reclaimed audio. Mm. So, uh, Shout, shout out fun. to those three. What about you, PJ? Well, um, <clears throat> of course, I want to give a, a, a shout out to uh, to the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Rouleau, for hosting us at his wonderful estate in uh, Upper New York. And um, I think that there was, I don't know, maybe like, what do you think, Tom? Was like 60 people there, I would say? Oh, sure. Yeah, easily. Uh, um, there was definitely more people last year, but the problem is that this year there was too many things competing. We, we sort of talked about this in the secret segment last show. Um, there was a timber in down at the Blackthorn. Um, I also forgot to mention that uh, I passed on going to, there was a high school reunion. Like my high school had a reunion same weekend. Like there was, there was like eight things going on over the weekend all at the same time. So it's Matt's brother-in-law's bachelor party. Matt's brother-in-law's bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> it was there was a lot of stuff, and I think uh, Tony said there was also a wedding happening that weekend. There was a bunch of things, so a lot of people didn't show up because they were busy doing other stuff. But I I say you know, 
You know, the people that were meant to be there showed up, and that's what made it cool. Well, that How was big probably Matt's brother-in-law and sister's wedding. Uh, 100 feet? 100-something feet? What What was the question? How big is that slip and slide? Uh, I I say the slip and slide is 400 feet, but Tony says officially it's 250. So, wow. uh, it's like 10 feet wide, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. At least 10 feet. Um, Are there parts of it that aren't wet? So, like when you're screaming down there, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, keep going. <laughs> no, every, everything is very wet and slidey. He's got sprayers like in stages, so there's constantly water running on almost all of it. Do you um, use any performance bottom. enhancers like oils too? We threatened him with dish soap, but Tony got really mad, so we didn't do it. We, we were going to use like you know Dawn or, or something to make a lot of bubbles and extra slidey. And Tony's like, "Don't you dare!" I'm like, All right, man, we're going to back off. Um, but you know, uh, I wanted to to give a shout out to Tony and cousin Paul who cooks all of the deep fried crack that I ate over the weekend. He he deep fried some. Like Little Debbie's he cream pies. the entire day. Yes. The entire day. The entire day. He never left the station. He, He's amazing. It's like he, the hottest place, and it was hot. It was super hot this weekend. He's right there by the griddle the whole darn day. And he made us uh, yeah. street corn with bacon, and he made poutine, which is French oh. fries with gravy and cheese curds. And he cooked breakfast. I, I even made a special request. Okay, so it was so hot. It melted all the ice in my cooler. I had brought two smoothies, one for each morning, and it had made my one smoothie go bad. Like I took a swig and it was all bad. It was like I had just acid. I had to spit it out. And I said, man, could you make me two eggs over easy on like this massive griddle? And he's like, no problem. And he did it. Didn't break the yolks or anything. I was like, man, you're a god with a spatula. So <laughs> um, big thanks to him. And, of course, uh, Mackenzie, who was sort of recovering from bronchitis. She wasn't feeling good, but she still was out there, you know, talking with everybody, giving massages because she's going to massage school. So she was, like, rubbing everybody's backs and stuff. And uh, everybody that showed up, you know, um, Seth was there, Seth Williams, uh, Daniel Harju, um, Tim Webster was there with his whole family. Uh, who else? Uh, James from Universal Woodworker. Um uh, Jimmy, Jimmy DeResta showed up with uh, Derek from Malden and Rob Rojas. Uh, there was just a, a bunch of bunch. Of, who else was there, uh, Tom? That we sat and talked with. Oh, well, yeah. Well, uh, Jeff, Jeff Shaw, Ideal Green. Jeff Shaw was, was there. there. He was cooking um, chicken tacos. Um, Jeff, Jeff had his uh, little bongo van there. He was cooking chicken oh, tacos. I missed that. That was Friday night. That was the pre-party. So you didn't uh, get to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. It was fun. It was, it was a good time. Ton, tons and tons of people. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say a special thank you. And um, and I also want to thank our top Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda and Creator Nader. And uh, I will give a little bump. Creator Nader is running a contest under his uh, July Ball. Uh, it? I think it's just July Ball. July Ball official. He's got a second account, and he's running a contest for drawing eyeballs. So uh, if you draw, there's like a theme for the day. You got to draw an eyeball for that theme. Like the first one was happy. So you got to make like a happy eyeball. And uh, what you win, uh, it, it goes until like, I think August 20th. And you win a, uh, it's a digital drawing pad 
that you hook up to like a computer or I think you could hook it up to an iPad too. And uh, it comes like, you know, a digital pen and you just draw on the thing. It's like a sketch pad for drawing on your computer. And you get that for free if you win. And uh, he's been reminding me, even though I haven't drawn a single eyeball yet, uh, he's like, don't forget, you got to draw a ball, you know, draw the eyeballs. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll draw some eyeballs. So I'm going to be drawing balls pretty soon here. And it's not one of those old school ones with spark plugs and microphones. It's a it's I, a modern day sketch. sketch I, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I didn't ask yeah. him what it was made of, but I, I did see pictures. So. So there's that. Uh, but we are about to go to the secret segment uh, with Luke and it, it, it it's going to go crazy. I know, like as soon as we start. <laughs> The whole thing is just going to go straight off the rails. I don't think it's going to be even what we talked about in the pre-show. So uh, now is a good time, if you're not a patron, to go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills and cough up a buck just to hear what Luke's going to say because I think that's probably going to be a money's worth right there. I'm gonna, it's going to be the dumbest thing I could come up with, I promise. There you go. <laughs> this is the best advertisement we could get. Certified stupid. That's my... I need t-shirts for that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.